Hello, and welcome to Driving the Future, a show from Capgemini Invent. I'm Greg Nusma. Throughout this series, we're going to be speaking to the top minds in the automotive industry from Capgemini and beyond to get an inside look at where the industry is headed and how companies can shape their own future. In today's episode, we're looking at connected services, the ways in which the automotive sector is using data-driven technology within their commercial vehicle fleets to optimize driving and gain insights for themselves and their consumers. Using data like this is at the heart of so many industries today, and it's only going to become more efficient as we move forward. But it also brings up various issues, cost, convenience, even things like data privacy for their consumers. I wanted to get a broad perspective from some of the top people working in this field, so I got in touch with Nick Tat, a new director of our automotive team here at Capgemini Invent. Nick is into all things smart and connected homes, vehicles, mobility, even cities, with real expertise in how connected services are being utilized in the realms of electromobility and beyond. I asked him to give me an overview of what connected services really are and how companies are currently using them. So can you maybe just start with giving us an overview of what are connected services in the automotive sector as they relate to commercial vehicles? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, my background, I actually spent a year as a commercial vehicle driver, um, you know, really early on in my career, just to sort of understand, uh, you know, how connected vehicles and how commercial drivers uh, actually uh, use this uh, connected services space. Um, and so what is really available right now is uh, there's been a drive in the telematics front, which is um, making sure that uh, we can get predictive analytics uh, and understanding uh, how to keep vehicles on the road. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, in America, we're using mostly um, just-in-time, um, you know, delivery and having uh, perfectly working vehicles, uh, understanding uh, where they are at all times uh, and their, you know, what their um, route is going to be like. Um, that is very important to this whole process. So when we think about connected services uh, in that realm, is really just to enable um, perfect just-in-time delivery. One of the things that I've been hearing in some of my other conversations around commercial vehicles, specifically the ones around electric vehicles, is that one of the things that's really driving change around electric vehicles are regulatory issues. And how can connective services help OEMs abide by regulatory issues? Yeah. So when we're dealing with, um, when we're talking about government and regulatory issues, there's a couple of things in play, such as IFTA, uh, you know, with the fueling uh, records um, and states and provinces. Um, we're also dealing with um, you know, interstate commerce, uh, hours of operation, it all comes down to a, um, you know, hours of service and logging your data uh, of your trip. And you don't want to violate any of those guidelines. Um, connected services is going to make things a lot easier for drivers. Um, you know, for instance, when I was actually a driver, I spent maybe a couple hours a day uh, making sure my log books were in order. Uh, and that's very old school where you have to calculate things out, uh, use maps uh, and figure out distances versus now with electronic logging, it's all done automatically via a, a dashboard that's attached to the uh, telematics platform. So at the end of the day, it makes things easier. Everyone is compliant uh, so that there are no violations. Um, and also safety, right? Uh, it makes sure that it keeps everyone honest. 
Uh, safety is key here. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that the drivers are abiding by the rules, uh, but also we want to make sure that they're not, um, you know, constantly worried about, um, you know, keeping track of everything when they can focus on driving and uh, being safe on the road. And are there any use cases that support sustainability as well? So um, one of the biggest um, problems with commercial vehicle driving is that they are spending a lot of time on a road. Uh, so what we can do is bring in a lot of real-time navigation, uh, real-time traffic data, uh, and even something simple like topography, right? Uh, where if we have a heavy, you know, overloaded, not overloaded, but a heavily loaded truck, um, you know, if we're going uphill most of the way, that's a waste of gas versus if we can find an alternative route that might be half an hour longer, but it's all flat ground um, that eliminates, uh, you know, excessive fuel. Uh, and it might actually, you know, make it um, um, make it faster delivery because they're not stuck in traffic on a different route. So there are the benefits. Connected services are a real asset for companies who want to create a more efficient and productive ecosystem for their work. And with those sustainability benefits alongside, it seems like a no-brainer, right? So why then are some companies a bit reluctant to get going with connected services? What's holding them back? I wanted to get to the bottom of this, so I got in touch with Courtney Ercolino, another of our senior managers here at Capgemini, whose work focuses on smart products and new business models. First off, I asked her about the benefits of using data from connected services and why some companies might be reluctant to get going with connected services for their commercial fleets. So, Courtney, uh, thanks for joining and agreeing to, to come on uh, the podcast. How do connected services provide data? Yeah, sure thing. So, um, I mean, ultimately, I think data being collected off of various sensors that um, you know are located throughout the vehicle and that data is what's enabling the ability in many ways to provide services. So I think the two are, are heavily related. Um, yeah, so I mean, ultimately, given some of the, I mentioned the connectivity piece, but, but it's truly through the ability to um, collect data off of the connected vehicle by way of things like sensors and IoT that um, services can be provided. So some services that are being provided through through the usage of data are things like vehicle management and maintenance. So I'm um, actually looking towards remote diagnostics or even predictive and preventative maintenance and enabling things like vehicle and um, fleet health check, for example. Some other types of data that may be collected um, and then ultimately offered in, in terms of services or better understanding of fleet and battery utilization of, of performance and optimization of the fleet and then ultimately of, of safety um, as well being another category of the types of data and, and services that could be offered by way of connectivity off of the connected vehicle. Okay, thanks. You mentioned some things like fleet management, which brings up another point I want to get to. I think what are some of the differences when it when it comes to the, the issues around data between you know, talking about personal data, which maybe people are a little bit more familiar with, as opposed to talking about data that belongs to an organization or a fleet? Yeah, sure. I think two aspects to highlight. I mean, one, ultimately, in a, in a B2B capacity, there's the responsibility of the business, and um, you've mentioned the business data that a business may be ultimately harboring and responsible for the data of a consumer. So um, protecting that data is still highly, certainly relevant, um, both of the, the individual, ultimately consumer of individuals like the drivers or employees, for example, as it relates to things like um, 
personal data and uh, location data, for example. I think another aspect, though, in terms of the value of data from the business perspective is really the implications that data and um, leveraging connected services insights has on improving the business's ultimately bottom line. So the ability to use data to be more efficient and in the case of fleets, enabling things like increasing uptime and um, you know better optimizations is definitely top of mind and some of the higher value use cases as it relates to the usage of data definitely. And why might some companies be reluctant uh, to get into the area of connected services? The deviance and difference from their core business might be one reason in that it's, as you've mentioned, it requires um, new capability, really reinventing oneself in many ways. So the ability to become more of a data and services driven business is quite different for some of these players as it relates to what their traditional models were. So I think there's some reluctance there. And then I think about even just the um, more be more from like a fleet owner and operator perspective, but um, some of the perhaps reluctance to adopt connected services is another aspect to consider in that there are a lot of, um, it's a highly fragmented space and a somewhat complex one insofar as this proliferation of data coming off of the connected vehicle means a lot of information, a lot of data available and um, trying to understand the the right information, the right data and the best ways to consume it is is another really big challenge and um, no easy feat. So how to do that effectively is definitely um, likely fueling some of the reluctance or at least complexity as it relates to adoption of connected services. And what can be done to overcome the reluctance and get by some of those concerns that you mentioned? Yeah, sure. I think from the perspective of a provider, um, in order to address some of some of those complexities, really better understanding what the customer's needs might be, how to address some of the particular pains or um, gains that a customer may endure and why why that's different across different customer segments. So in the capacity of um, making certain data points available with the the right messaging at the right times that are actionable um, is definitely one way to to help to address some of those challenges. I think um, considering a little bit of the complexity around managing a very large fleet in particular as it relates to connected services and um, what that means for certain operators who are operating fleets of various ages of um, a heterogeneous fleet that's both perhaps um, traditional combustion vehicles versus EVs is another complexity. So how to consider what truly the need is um, for the business is, is one way to bring services to market that are um, the right ones and are effectively fit for purpose. Okay, so it, it, it sounds like there are some definite cost benefits uh, after it's been implemented, but what are some of the cost issues associated with connected services when it comes to getting them up and running? Yeah, certainly. So we talked a little bit about um, technology and um, some of the, the challenges earlier, but truly standing up those solutions then mean having the appropriate infrastructure and and technology and capability within the organization to actually to collect, to analyze, and to ultimately provide insights of um, through the through the usage of data. So actually collecting and analyzing and provisioning that data is definitely a, a major source of cost, and I think one that will become more um, more affordable over time and already has through technologies like like five G. But that's definitely a large a large cost, and I think um, some businesses have the the decision certainly around what 
what they may independently manage themselves as it relates to standing up solutions like this versus where they may look towards um, partnerships in order to manage some of the either speed to market or ultimately costs as well. So across the value chain, there are a set of different um, considerations to, to bear in mind, both related to cost and then ultimately to how do you how do you manage the importance of things like um, ultimately the data generation and processing and enrichment and transferring processes? There's a fine line for companies between the benefits of data and the cost issues associated with implementing it. But it is consumer needs, which Courtney says are the key thing to be kept in mind when doing so. But different consumers naturally have different needs, especially in the commercial vehicles realm. So how does this differ across the sector? I wanted to find out about the breadth of services being used by companies today, their efficacies, and the different areas they're being used in. So I went back to Nick to find out some more. So can you say a few words about connected services in the area of efficiency? Okay, yeah. Um, so connected services and connected vehicles, it's going to help a lot in efficiency. Uh, what it's going to do is enable the telematics platform to really understand uh, what the vehicle is doing at all times, such as tracking the fuel management, uh, you know, understanding how much fuel is being consumed on whatever route it may be. Uh, and like I said earlier about like, you know, little differences that people don't think about, like topography makes a huge difference in fuel consumption uh, and even uh, wind speed. Like if you're driving in an area where you're going up against a lot of headwinds uh, in a small passenger car, you might not notice it, but in a large, uh, medium, large, heavy duty vehicle um, that will kill efficiency. Another thing that um, connected vehicle is going to help with in terms of efficiency is really uh, reading the tire pressures. Um, you know, keeping tires um, aired correctly is a job in and of itself at, for a commercial vehicle because you're dealing with 18 wheels, right? Uh, and so, you know, with um, the telematics platform where they're constantly checking uh, all this data coming in, uh, for things like tire wear, tire pressure, um, that helps with efficiency in terms of making sure that you're consuming the right amount of fuel for the uh, route that you're taking and that you're not over uh, consuming fuel and wasting fuel. Okay. Any services that might apply specifically to electric vehicles? Yeah, I think with electric vehicles, um, you're going to run into the same uh, energy efficiency problems that you're running into in a fuel car. Uh, and then more importantly, with an electric vehicle, you want to make sure that they're recharging um, the cars, uh, the vehicles at the right intervals. Uh, and the network for the electric vehicle recharging hasn't been built yet. So this is a great time to uh, be um, prepared for the future, uh, where we can take that data that's being used for uh, fuel trucks and commercial vehicles, and then turn that um, data to create a electric charging network for the future. What about safety? How can uh, connective services uh, help bolster safety? What connected services uh, will do in terms of uh, keeping track of the telematics of the vehicle uh, in terms of safety is really having real-time input on all the different systems within the vehicle. Uh, when we talk about safety, we're talking about really uh, comes down to uh, brakes, 
uh, and the wheels, the tires, uh, and then the overall um, maintenance of the vehicle. Uh, so connected services uh, coupled with like predictive analytics um, will allow for everyone to know that this vehicle is in good operating condition, the brakes are in good condition, the tires are in good condition, uh, and all the systems within the vehicle are in good condition as well so that there's no problems with fuel delivery, there's no problems with the engine or the motor, uh, and it even will be able to tell us if the driver uh, is wearing seat belts. Uh, you know, and then in terms of the connected vehicle nowadays, uh, a lot of companies are also adding in uh, cameras within the, um, the driver cabin uh, where it actually records, the, not records, but analyzes the driver's um, head movement to make sure that they're not nodding off, they're not falling asleep, they're paying attention to the road, they're not on their phone, um, that kind of stuff. So all of that built in um, around creates a, a really safe vehicle. Um, and that way, um, everyone is sort of um, connected to the vehicle and connected to the driver to sort of understand uh, what is happening out there in the field and on the road. What about convenience? Any connected services, which will simply make things more convenient for drivers? Yeah, connected services for the drivers will really enable them to be smarter and better about their routes. Uh, route planning where they can um, say, you know, in the middle of their drive, they can just simply uh, turn on the voice command and say, hey, I want to have, you know, tacos for dinner because it's Tuesday. And it'll route them to a area where they could park their vehicle safely, uh, possibly also couple that with a refueling or a recharging um, spot. Uh, where there are tacos conveniently located. Um, so that's just one example of like where connected services is going to give the driver so much more information. If we're talking about a fleet situation where you might have multiple drivers uh, using uh, the same vehicle, if there's perhaps a, a shorter haul vehicle that has some connected services and, and one day it's you know, driver one and the next day driver two is using uh, the same vehicle. Do you know of any connected services which could make it more convenient to switch between the two drivers yeah uh, so with connected vehicle services what we can do with the different drivers is uh, a lot of companies have the uh, adaptable dashboard where you can just log into your profile and it changes the preferences um, you know anywhere from radio stations uh, to placement of like different uh, gauges, uh, you know, certain drivers like to have certain information readily available um, and really be able to tailor that driver experience uh, from one driver to the next really quickly. A lot of times when drivers are getting into uh, a traditional vehicle that is not connected, um, they spend a lot of time uh, changing things around um, for their own personal preferences, such as like you think about things like a seat position or uh, radio, you know. Nick's work in both electromobility, something we discussed in the previous episode, as well as the shared car realm, is a really fascinating perspective here. This is truly how we are all going to be driving in the future, both in the commercial and public spheres. But given the breadth of services available for OEMs and companies, it's still a difficult decision to know which ones to go for. How do companies know which services they're likely to need? And how do OEMs know which ones to offer? Courtney has been working in this field for some time, so has a great perspective from the commercial point of view. How can we best understand what services any given company would want? 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of any given company, I think some of the aspects around even geographical and customer needs we were talking about earlier are important. So really understanding the customer and um, who that customer is through through aspects like customer research and even early ideation or testing of a certain concept is a few ways that would be important to consider if you if you think of some of the distinctions of different um, customer segments in this fleet space, I've mentioned understanding vocations and um, the type of operation that that fleet might have, whether it's long haul or short distance, those are all reasons and um, distinctions that are specific about a particular segment of, of the market that may have different wants or needs, but certainly um, understanding what those wants and needs are are important. I think in this space too, as uh, technology continues to advance, there are a series of services that almost effectively become expected or, or table stakes. And it's really looking at what of the services that an, an offering an OEM or a service provider might be bringing to market that are perhaps differentiated. So really understanding what the customer's expectations are and what, what value they might be perceiving of certain services is certainly quite, quite important. And once we have an idea of what those services might be, how do you trial them? Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think it's an important aspect to to test, um, even if it is in sort of a pilot or MVP type of a um, type of a format to test a certain solution or service with a set of customers. So a way to do that might be to actually target a particular customer, a few customers, or a segment of your customer base, and actually um, offer services or a set of services even free of charge in order to start getting that particular customer feedback and get that particular service in market and collect some of the um, some of the information from the customer directly in order to refine how that service ultimately is offered and ensure that it's both fit for purpose and is meeting the, the customer needs. So um, those are a few ways to consider trialing. I think certainly in the aspect of of some of the insight-driven um, and predictive examples we've been discussing, those are really enabled through to training of the AI itself. And so the collection of vast and large amounts of data and correlating that data with a particular event takes quite quite a bit, bit of time. And so getting some of those services into the market and starting to have that input in order to identify those types of trends is, is also equally as important. So um, either through pilots or some way to, to test the particular service with a customer or good ways to um, pursue trials and get that important customer feedback to refine, refine a service. Working to refine existing services and models which OEMs are currently offering is absolutely vital here. Through trials and a cooperative relationship between OEM and commercial vehicle companies, both can garner effective information about how to improve their services and where to implement them. As such, it's clear from all these different types of services that data is something of a holy grail for everyone involved. I wanted to find out a bit more about data in this realm, especially how companies might seek to monetize it. I'd like to shift gears a little bit here to talk a little bit more about data. We've talked a bit about data. I'd like to focus on the data monetization aspect. Uh, Why is data monetization such an important revenue stream? Yeah, certainly. So knowing some of the the aspects we spoke about earlier in the direction that the space is going and advancing in technology and connectivity, all of that being enabled by significant volumes of data, really the the competition and landscape has changed and that there is a lot of new entrants and 
um, folks who are competing in this space who are seeking to leverage that data through through new revenue streams. I think there's probably two ways to look at it from, from a, a top-line perspective and um, bringing new services to market or creating completely net new revenue streams being, being one, and then a second being leveraging perhaps that data from a more of a bottom line or cost um, reduction implication in some of those examples we spoke about earlier too. So data can be used in, in both ways um, in terms of new revenue streams and then improvement of pro- profitability ultimately. Think about why it's in, so important in the automotive sector in particular, knowing that some of the, the new revenue streams that it creates offers automotives to OEMs to sell and monetize data to even new or adjacent markets um, from roadway providers to municipalities or or others. So um, really looking towards completely new ways to expand one's business is part of why data monetization is so, so important in this space. And once you've decided that you're going to do it, how do you go about doing it? How do you monetize the data? Yeah. So a few ways. I mean, I think one one important consideration ultimately is to think through what really the vision um, the company may have around around their connected data strategy is, because that should drive some of the decision making ultimately of um, where they may monetize, how they may monetize data. But um, there are providers and aggregators of data who um, can help to offer and to bring data to market to to these new different ancillary adjacent market examples that I provided. So um, that may be one way to bring um, large volumes of, of data to market to providers like insurers or, or again, roadway providers and, and things like this. Um, but then data monetization also isn't comes in the form of, of many of the services that we were discussing earlier. So data monetization offers OEMs the ability to really deepen some of their customer relationships through usage of new services and um, improve services ultimately and gaining new insights about their customers. So looking towards monetizing um, data through through services provisioning is another important aspect beyond bringing data to market, perhaps through aggregators of, of data and um, to new markets completely. And anytime we have a data discussion, there's an ethical discussion not far behind. So what are some of the ethical issues uh, surrounding data monetization in the commercial vehicle space? Yeah, certainly. I think issues surrounding privacy and protection of that data as a data um, owner and, and um, ultimately provisioner is quite important. So the the role of ensuring that data is protected for, for the customer and the business is two key considerations that come to mind. And then using data in a way that's, that's compliant being the other. So in order to do that effectively, I think thinking through ways to create transparency with customers of how data is going to be used and having a strong consenting um, process to allow for customers to consent how their data is used is a a big piece of the puzzle that needs to be conceived to ensure data is being used ethically and, and compliantly. Ethical considerations are something which all OEMs have to be wary of. But even so, in the future, it does look like connected services will increasingly become a part of every commercial vehicle company's arsenal. Nick's work in electromobility and shared car services puts him at the forefront of this, so I asked him about what he thought the most important and significant connected services were going to be in the coming years. Looking to the future, what do you predict will be some of the most important connected services going forward? 
going into the future, um, the most connected, the most important connected services will really be uh, real time data. Uh, where you know I can know if a roadblock um, is happening uh, real time, and I can reroute around that uh, real time data around the vehicle. Where I know that if uh, a problem is expected to happen, and I can plan ahead to stop at a service shop to get that rectified, uh, or if my tires are wearing a little bit low, uh, and I should be able to. Uh, based on the computer on a vehicle will tell me that I'll need a tire change within two or three days. I can get that all planned out. Anything that would specifically relate to electric vehicles? In the future, uh, electric vehicles are going to need a robust supporting network. Um, so I do see that in the future, truck stops are going to be changed uh, to support electric vehicles, uh, commercial vehicles. Um, but at the end of the day, um, connected vehicles are really going to be a uh, evolutionary um, part of the greater American or North American highway system, uh, where everything is going to be um, on the highway will be connected and doing real-time data, uh, both on the vehicle side and on the highway network side. Uh, and this way that there's going to be a two-way communication that enables a, a greater logistics network uh, and better transportation uh, routing uh, and better logistics. Okay. One area which I don't think has come up yet in our conversation today is that of predictive maintenance. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the services, connected services we might see around the area of predictive maintenance? Yeah. One of the new, um, well, one of the uh, innovative things that um, companies are doing now is on-demand mobile servicing. Uh, one of the ways that predictive uh, analytics could help with that um, is really activating that network where they can plan ahead uh, with knowing exactly where the vehicle is going to be and when it needs that service. Um, they could start ordering parts ahead of time, having them on hand um, so that the uh, on-demand uh, service uh, personnel can go out and service this vehicle or the vehicle can go to the service shop and get a service. So there uh, enables less downtime uh, and more safe vehicles. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, efficiency is going to be uh, very important here because we're trying to keep these road, uh, keep these vehicles on the road, moving uh, cargo and people uh, as much as possible in a safe manner. Uh, and so that's where predictive analytics will come in, is really making sure that everyone is safe and these vehicles are constantly moving because moving is money. So if I'm an OEM uh, and I'm looking to bring uh, more connected services uh, online as part of uh, my offering, uh, where should I prioritize? Where should I focus uh, my energy in order to do that? It will, um, they should, OEM should focus on uh, getting a robust predictive analytics um, package within the connected vehicle services platform, um, because at the uh, because what the uh, fleet operator wants to do is to plan ahead uh, for any service work. Um, you know, because we do have to order parts, we do have to get personnel lined up to diagnose and repair those issues. Uh, so, if OEMs can get more information uh, regarding the repair of the vehicles to the fleet operators that enables them to make better decisions uh, and really um, make the vehicle operate more efficiently uh, and have better usage, um, you know, utilization rates on that vehicle. 
I think most of the points that I wanted to cover uh, we have talked about. So I'd just kind of like to ask you an open-ended question if there's anything uh, worth considering that we haven't talked about, any important points that you'd like to add. Yeah, with um, connected vehicles and connected services uh, in the commercial sector is going to tie into the greater uh, ecosystem of the highway system uh, and really bring um, bring the general public uh, more in line uh, with, uh, you know, sharing the road. The general public sort of views uh, trucking as a dirty industry. Uh, and what we want to do is to... Um, you know, ensure the general public know that these vehicles are properly maintained, they're safe, uh, and they're needed. They are the lifeblood of, um, you know, transportation. Uh, logistics is uh, very important to day-to-day -day life. Uh, during COVID, we saw, you know, what happens when a distribution network breaks down, where we have shortage of different supplies, uh, and trucking and logistics and commercial vehicles is the uh, enabler of the entire um ecosystem uh, ranging from retail to distribution. So connected vehicles and connected services makes that whole process much more efficient, um, makes the whole process much more safer, uh, and enables uh, everyone to make more money, but also be safer at the same time. Real-time data. It feels like this is where the technology is going. Imagine being able to collate and use all the data from the various connected services in real time. And then beyond that, companies will soon be able to predict what's going to happen and make changes using their connected services in real time based on it. It's a hugely exciting prospect for companies working at the forefront of commercial vehicles, driving them into a more efficient, convenient, safe, and productive future. That's all for today. Thanks so much for Nick and Courtney for sharing their expertise on the connected services sector. And thanks to you for listening to Driving the Future from Capgemini. We'll be back soon to look at how partnerships can boost OEM's productivity and efficiency with a fascinating case study of how this is being done in Singapore. We'll see you then.